Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Okay, welcome everybody to our Bible study tonight. Uh, we're dealing with our 15th topic. Uh, we're going to look at the sacraments in general. So we're, tonight we're looking at what is a sacrament? Um, what, why do we have them? What's their purpose? And uh, how many are there? And what's their, what's their use? Um, how do we use them correctly? So that's what we're going to look at tonight. Uh, next week, we'll do baptism. Um, the week after that, we'll do um, either the Lord's Supper or Confession. I can't remember what comes next, but we'll do one of those and then the other. Um, so if you have any questions in general on baptism, the Lord's Supper, or Confession, uh, send them by email to me, and I'll make sure I try to cover them. In the meantime, let's uh, open up with a word of prayer. <laughs> Lord God, you have caused all your holy scriptures to be written for our learning. May we so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort offered by your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope of eternal life, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. All right, the sacraments, fancy word. What, uh, so we, what are some, let me, let me start this way. The, if you were to try to pick, what is the, the one, the one chief biggest area where the the Christian denominations agree, all disagree on Holy the Communion. Lord's Supper. It's it's it, right. The Lord's Supper is a good one. Holy Communion, right? Um, it, uh, baptism is another one. Um, uh, so when you ask, well, when when we come down to I, as we're go, as we were going through this th these topics, unpacking the Christian faith. We see that things like the Trinity, uh, who Jesus is, those things are pretty agreed upon, uh, even in the nitty gritty details. Um, the sacraments are, are where you're going to get, the, there's different denominations for a purpose. That's not the only difference, but it's a big one. Um, and so there's, there's different definitions. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the other denominations. That's a different Bible class. But um, we'll see. Um, we'll see kind of the starting point for all our definitions and kind of where where it goes wrong, uh, so to speak, or not wrong, but where where all the definitions come from. Um, but if when when you hear the word sacrament, what what comes to mind in your mind? Yeah, what comes? Sins. Forgiveness of sins. Instituted by God. Instituted by God. That's a good one. It's a sacred act. A sacred act. That's a good. That's a means good of grace. 
Means of grace. That's a great word. Yeah, those are some good ones. The the Latin um, the word sacrament in English um, is from the Latin sacramentum, uh, which is a translation uh, in the Latin translation of the Bible done in the year four hundred. That was a translation of a Greek word mysterion, which we translate in our English Bibles as mystery. Uh, in the Bible, when you see the word mystery, it doesn't really refer to what we call the sacraments it generally refers to like the saving work of god in general or um it refers to things like um the the plan of god to say you know the plan of god to save um the entire world in christ right um so it, it sometimes refers to god's plan of salvation being slowly revealed um but um the Roman word, the word in Latin, the word sacramentum, was originally used as, uh, it's a sacred oath, an oath of allegiance or loyalty um, specifically required of the Roman state, um, required by the Roman state of Roman soldiers. Um, that's what the Latin word uh, sacramentum means. Uh, and you can see kind of in an age where Christians are being thrown to the lions, um, the idea that uh, you should be loyal to God and loyal to the church um, might, might have been, you can see why pastors maybe started using that word uh, to remind people uh, that in baptism, you, 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 God has done this for you, so you should have loyalty to him and these kinds of things. But you can see why that, that comes there. Um, Augustine, uh, St. Augustine of Hippo, um, probably, if you don't know anything about Augustine, he's, he's probably the most, the single most influential, um, theologian before the Reformation. He lived around 400-ish, um, and, um, he was from Africa, um, so he was probably African, uh, just, just an FYI, though, like the, the, the most influential theologian in, until the Reformation was, was probably black. Um, just just, uh, just given today all the stuff in the news, that's, I think that's, that's an interesting point. So Augustine says, uh, a sacrament is a sign, a, sa a sacred sign, which points to a sacred thing. From that definition, that basic definition, um, that's the starting point for all definitions of the sacraments. Rome, and then Protestants, Evangelicals, uh, Reformed, Lutheran. Um, we all kind of start with that and build on it. Um, for, uh, for example, I'm just going to use, there, uh, there are some who would say, Oh, it's a sign, and they see, and they would use that to mean it's it's it, it's meaningless. It's just a it's just a, um, a memorial or something, um, right? Um, um, and they'll use the word sign in that way, taking it from that way. Um, so that's um, that's the kind of a, a very super brief 
history and background to what the word means. Um, comes from the word mystery. Um, so what's a definition, our definition? Our definition of a sacrament is, it's a ceremony, a ceremony or a, or a sacred act, as uh, Susan put it, which was good. It's a ceremony established in the gospel. Another way you could say that is um, instituted by Jesus to be a testimony to the promise of grace. So it's a ceremony established in the gospel to be a testimony to grace. Um, and so the, the, what's the grace that's kind of promised? Somebody said it already, but what grace are we? Forgiveness, right. For the, the, the grace that's promised to us in the sacraments is the forgiveness of sins. Um, um, I'm going to quote from uh the apology to the Augsburg confession a couple times during this um uh apology written by melanchthon as a defense of the Augsburg confession um he says uh a sacrament is a ceremony or act in which god offers us the content of the promise joined to the ceremony so it's, it's an act, it's a ceremony whereby God is give, offering us the content of the promise joined with that ceremony. So the promise is forgiveness of sins. And so that, that promise of forgiveness of sins is offered to us through the ceremony. He says, by way of contrast, uh, this is uh, the same paragraph. Uh, by the way, by way of contrast, a sacrifice is a ceremony or act which we give to God to honor Him. So you know, um, so we need, sometimes we need to make that distinction between a sacrifice and a sacrament, right? A sacrament is about God promising you grace through an act that's been attached, a ceremony which has been attached to His Word. Um, uh, a sacrifice is a ceremony which you give to God to honor him, right? So the direction, a sacrifice, the direction is to God. A sacrament, the direction is down to us. That, that's important to see what's going on there. Um, um, okay. Um, so it's a sign of grace, which is... Um, and so the, this, this, it, when we say it's a sign of grace, we mean that it's, um, we don't mean an empty sign. What we mean is, um, that there is, uh, a, a promise of the forgiveness of sins, which you have proclaimed in the gospel. And that's attached to, um, uh, that's attached uh, or given to you in, in a sacrament. Um, so, um, sacraments are directed at who then? Who to are they? Us. To us, right. Bingo. That's exactly right. A sacrament is given to you. That's, that's so important to see. Um, 
It's given to you. And when you talk about the sacraments, we should don't just think about the ceremony and what you're doing, pouring water, eating bread and wine, consecrating bread and wine, right? You don't want to think of, you don't want to think only of the outward action, but your mind immediately has to go to the promise, which is the reason and the purpose why the thing is instituted, right? Um, and this, um, and that, that, and that promise, as we said, is the promise of the forgiveness of sins. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, right? Um, take, eat, this is uh, the true body of Christ given unto death for your sins, right? Uh, um, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Um, it, it, it's right there. So... Uh, you move beyond the ceremony itself and, and see the promise that's going to be offered to you there. Um, that That's important. All right. That's our definition there. Any questions about that? Okay, moving on. So a sacrament, we say, depends on two things. Now, um, pause the bible does not give us a definition for sacrament right um the bible and that's why there's a lot of debate on what is it and isn't a sacrament um as we look at baptism next week and as we look at the lord's supper and we see the things that it does the definitions i'm giving you today will become clear right um the best way to understand what a sacrament is, is to jump in and look at baptism and the Lord's Supper and see the things that God is promising and, and the, what's going on there. Uh, and we'll, we'll do that. Um, uh, we are going to look at scriptures here today, of course, but uh, I'm just saying that if you, when you jump in, when we jump in, you'll see this. If you don't see it today, you'll, 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 you should pick it up by the time we're done the sacraments. Okay. Um, so you have two things. Um, Two things that you need. Um, so let's think about baptism as, a, as an example. What are the two things you need in baptism? Water and the word. Water and the word. Bingo. Right. You need the element and the word. Um, so first, let's, the element is, is the outward visible sign. It's the, that's the sign. That's the, um, the action or the ceremony, eating bread and wine. Um, this kind of thing. Um, additionally, uh, a, a thing to, um, yeah, so that's that. the first thing's the element. The next is the word. Um, uh, um, a, a, um, I'm going to come back to that. So the, the word, what, what word, I've, I've just been saying this, but what word is it that we're talking about? It's Christ's words. Christ's words. words. Which, which words of Christ in particular? In baptism, it's the uh, triune name of God. Right. And I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, what, um, what type of word is it? Gospel. 
God, there you go. And the gospel is the promise of the forgiveness of sins, right? It's a promise. That's, see, that's what you got to see. When we say word here, well, sometimes when you say word, you could mean law or gospel, right? Right? The Ten Commandments are God's word, right? Um, all those genealogies in numbers are God's word. But the genealogies and numbers don't make a sacrament. Those aren't the words that get tied, right? It's the promise of forgiveness of sins that's tied to the sacrament. Um, so that's, it's the promise of grace of the gospel. So um, the difference here, um, um, whereas in the gospel, when you proclaim the gospel, generally speaking, that who does that gospel proclamation go out for? Everybody. Everybody, right? Makes sense. In baptism, who does the gospel proclamation go out for? Child. One child. One. And same thing with the Lord's Supper. Mm -hmm. Each person, the true body of Christ given for you. The true blood of Christ shed for you. If English wasn't such a silly language, you'd see that that was you singular, not y'all. <laughs> right? It's not the true blood of Christ shed for y'all that I say. Right? It's you. Oh, wait, you. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. You guys. You guys. That's right. <laughs> but it's, it's you. So it's, it's, it's directed. They're directed towards us specifically. They take the general promise of the gospel and make it individual, right? That, that's important to see. Um, so you see that in the sacrament, um, the promise of forgiveness and the element are combined. Um, Augustine says, word plus element equals sacrament. That's, that's his uh, little formula. You have the word, you have the element, you have a sacrament. Um, of course, um, what's implied in all this is who else do you need? Um, yeah, who else do you need for baptism? Holy Spirit. Well, yes, the Holy Spirit, yes, but I'm thinking more, more obvious. Someone to administer it. Well, even more, yes, that, and, and even more obvious than, than that. Someone to be, somebody to be baptized, yeah. right? Right. I, I, if I can't, I can't just say, well, word plus element equals sacrament and, and, and consecrate water and pour it on a bell or something. Doesn't it's and say the, the bell's been baptized. That doesn't work. Um, it, it implied in this is there's people to baptize. There's people to eat and drink, right? What did Jesus say? Take, eat, take, drink. Go therefore baptize people, not you know couches or something. Um, so you see, there, there's usually a re the recipient. There's a recipient involved, right? Does that make sense? So you have a promise of you have a promise of forgiveness, and that promise of forgiveness has to be directed to an individual. Um, um, that's important because. Um, <clears throat> As when we, when we come to the Lord's Supper, we'll see that some denominations will consecrate bread and then not eat it. They'll just 
put it in a little box for everybody to bow down to, right? And it's it's never eaten, just it's prayed around. Um, is that the Lord's body and blood? Absolutely, fundamentally, it is not, because they're not doing what He said, right? Take it and eat it. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. But you'll see that's like a practical application of how this works. Um, um, so the, in the sacraments, the the through the Word, that promise of God gets applied to us individually. Um, yeah, and it's and it's um, it's like the promise is is um poured on you <laughs> it, the promise is poured on you it's it's you eat the promise um that kind of thing um so augustine says that sacraments are visible words visible words so what's that old say what's that old saying uh, a picture is worth a thousand words right um so so just like um the word uh, is a picture that our ears receive. So also the, 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 the sa sacrament is a picture directed towards your senses, your eyes, your mouth, this kind of thing. So the word is a picture that tells you something about, what, about God's grace for you in Jesus. And that, has, that word has to be grasped by faith. You believe it and you trust it. So also the same thing is true with the sacraments. Um, um, and so when, when we talk about sacraments, we, 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 we talk about them as visible words. Um, and you'll see, you'll see this when we talk about um, uh, baptism as well. Here's another little um, quote from the Apology. Uh, through the word and the right, so word and right, through the word and the right, God simultaneously moves the heart to believe and take hold of faith. As Paul says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing. hearing. Right? <laughs> um, so as the word enters the ear, ears to strike the heart so the right itself enters through the eyes to move the heart the word and the right have the same effect as augustine says so well when he calls the sacrament a visible word for the right is received in the eyes as a sort of picture of the word signifying the same thing as the word therefore they both have the same effect so if that helps you they're a visible word um, they work the same way. Um, now we'll go back and do that. Um, so let's say a question. <clears throat> All right. So say your pastor, um, say your pastor, um, let's say, let's take meet myself. Um, let's say I, I was secretly, um, uh, a Jehovah's Witness, and I never stopped believing all that stuff, all that nonsense. Let's say I was secretly doing that, or or let's say um, uh, uh, a, a future pastor 
was committing was was committing adultery with someone in the church, um, or or otherwise um, morally um, morally or spiritually corrupt. Okay, that's the idea. What um, does that mean? That because the pastor is um, because the pastor doesn't believe or he's living an immoral lifestyle, does that mean that the sacraments are invalid? His sacraments. No, it depends on the word. It's bingo, right on. Absolutely. It depends on the word. And you guys answer that so quickly, and that's great. There are some churches, even in our own own LCC, who struggled with that, especially when faced with the fact that, you know, I was confirmed and I was baptized and confirmed by that pastor and he's done all these terrible things and and slept around and 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 what what not and now he's not a pastor anymore man was that all right and that can that can hurt people's consciences um but we have to remember that that's um it's uh, it, it, it absolutely law it's not based um the the efficacy of the the lord's supper does not depend on our faith no, no, let me say that. Let me rephrase that. I said that wrong. Um, the institution, and, the essence of the sacrament, that's the right way to say it. The essence of the sacrament, what it is, does not depend on my faith or your faith. Right? Faith is what grabs the benefits of it. It only benefits you if you have faith. And we'll talk, talk, talk on that in a second. But faith doesn't make it a sacrament. You see what I'm saying? Uh, it, yeah. Um, you're married because the, the, the minister or justice of the peace used the word to say, I now declare you man and wife. Right? Whether you love your spouse or not is a completely different matter. It should, they should go together, of course. But you can be validly married and still not love your wife, right? You can be validly baptized and still not trust the Lord. You can receive the Lord's Supper and not believe and still, right? So the, there's, you see the difference between validity and enjoying the benefits of the, of the relationship, so to speak? Uh, that's important to see. That, that view that... Um, the holiness or the faith of your minister is necessary is called Donatism because there was these people called the Donatists and they, because all these bishops and pastors um, caved under Roman persecution and then came back later repenting and were reinstated as pastors and bishops. These Donatists said, well, no, 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 no. They, um, they called them the traitors. Those traitors went away, and they, when 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 the going got tough, they got going, and now they're suddenly back. No, no, their sacraments aren't valid, uh, and this was a big, big controversy in the church. Question. So, answer daily double. Okay, so the the I I understand the concept. The sacraments are valid, and and um what you were saying as far as the individual get their pastor whoever giving it um but we we have a closed communion policy to prevent people basically taking the sacrament that 
um, to their damnation, right? So right. If they, yeah. Right, if they don't believe in all this kind of stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Can you elaborate on kind of how the two are to get, the same yeah. or not the same? Yeah, I'll touch on it briefly now, and we'll cover that again when we, when we deal with the Lord's Supper. Um, but... Um, so in the Lord's Supper, we have um, uh, the, the, the command in 1 Corinthians 11 that, um, or the command, the, the, the warning that if you eat and drink uh, the, the body and blood, uh, the Lord's Supper, without discerning the body and the blood, you can eat and just drink uh, judgment onto yourself. Um, so what we... Um, so, um, um, what the question is, what does, what, okay, a believing, repentant Christian, a believing, repentant Lutheran, let's make it a little more specific, who goes up to the altar in faith and receives the, 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 the consecrated bread and wine from my hands, what are they receiving with the consecrated bread and wine forgiveness of sins uh, yes but more more specifically about the bread and the, the body wine. and blood. Body and blood right the body and blood an unbeliever comes to the altar or an unrepentant person and they receive the consecrated bread from my hands what do they receive wine, the and, blood. wine and bread oh, the body, body and, and the blood Mm. And they receive it to their damnation. Oh, right. That's why we, we that's, uh, right. Um, the benefits <laughs> of forgiveness of sins are enjoyed by those who eat it in faith. But the body and the blood are always, um, are always consumed. Uh, and, and why that is, we'll get to later. Um, but that's um, when we cover the supper. If that's a question, we can, we can deal with that. Um, but the minister so, says, does he not say, as a called and ordained servant of the word, I know right. it's the grace of God. Is that not necessary for him to believe then or live oh, a... Yeah. It, it, it is, but, but in that declaration, that, that declaration is not dependent upon my own piety. Because what backs that up is not me, it's... Um, it's uh, God and the word. So God prom is the one who's promising you the forgiveness of sins. I'm just the guy who's been sent to, to, to tell it to you. And if I don't believe the own message that I've been told to send, then, I have, then, I, <laughs> then I'm in a heap of trouble on judgment day. Um, but God can speak through the mouth of a donkey. And, and, and certainly um, he can speak through the mouth, the mouth of um uh, 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 an unbelieving pastor if the pastor's although unbelieving still doing what he's supposed to do right because uh, uh an unbelieving pastor can could theoretically still proclaim the right say the right words even though he might not believe it um and, and because he's saying the right words uh uh the holy spirit uses the word whether it's spoken by a, by a, a, an unbeliever or a believer well, that begs the question, why does it have to be the pastor who delivers that word? Um, yeah, we covered this a little bit last week. Um, but um, what Paul says 
um, to Timothy um, is that Timothy need uh, Paul passed on to Timothy the right way of understanding the gospel. That right way of understanding the gospel needs to be passed on to other men who then in turn will be able to teach and pass it on to their congregations or other men to be pastors. So uh, part of the reason why, um, why pastors are the ones to preach the gospel is because um, they have been um, taught and then examined by other pastors. Hey, this guy is not a heretic. <laughs> um, and so, so that's part of that reason. Um, and um, the other part is um, that uh, it, it's, it's so that you, it's also so that you know that I don't speak on my own authority. Because if anybody just got up and started spouting, um, how do you, how do I know, who are you to say that? Right. And so uh, um, we have the testimony in, in the New Testament that the apostles commissioned pastors to be set up in all the churches and, and those pastors are to ordain other pastors and this kind of thing. And, and that, that God uses that to make sure that these guys, these guys are, are uh, legitimate representatives of me when they speak my words uh, properly. Um, and, and that's, um, that's why I, I don't just say I forgive you. It's as a called and ordained yeah. servant, right? Uh, by his authority, I forgive right? Does that answer that question a little bit? Yes, thank okay. you. All right. Okay, so I have a question. Oh. Sure. <laughs> oh, sorry, Wendy. No, you go. Okay, I, so this is kind of on the same lines. If these two sacraments, sacrament of the altar and baptism, the pastor is called and ordained to give us communion. Yeah. Then we can then go and baptize if we had to. That, why is that okay? But we are not allowed to give communion to somebody. And yet they're both sacraments using God's word and God's uh, and the visible means. Yeah. Um, great question. Um, let me, I'm going to have to pass on that one for now. <laughs> Your pastor doesn't know all the answers off the top of his head. That <laughs> one is a great question. So I can rephrase that and ask why there is emergency baptism. Why yes. is there no emergency Lord's supper? Well, because you don't need that to be saved. That's true. That's true. And that's a very good reason. Specifically. Um, but um, when I come to the Lord's Supper, I will make sure to address that. Why no emergency Lord's Supper? Um, well, the last rites were kind of like emergency Lord's Supper in the yeah. Catholic Church, right? The Roman Catholics? Kind of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Except you uh, don't get communion specifically. No. You, the wine, especially if you're in a coma. Actually, you do. Uh, the anointing of oil is the sacrament for the sick. And then okay. the Eucharist is celebrated for those who are facing imminent death that are still conscious. I think yeah. I've seen that in a movie. Uh -huh. <laughs> what, what's here's, here's the other question then for the Catholics, you know, then they believe it's just the body and just the blood and, and that. So are they taking 
the sacrament to hell and damnation because no no, no. because um um th they're making a mistake by denying that the bread and wine are still bread and wine um and that's that's a that's a mistake they shouldn't make um but they fund the, if a catholic believes the words well he says it's my body and he says it's given for me for the forgiveness of my sins and they take it with that attitude that's then then it's then it's in, in it's it's in faith um the what difference about the between ones that say it represents that's different because in that case they are actually denying what the word says mm -hmm. the word says this is my body and they're saying is does not mean is it means represents or body doesn't mean you know um, and so um, by, by doing that, they've modified what the words that Jesus say mean, even though they might use the same outward uh, expression. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like the, like the, the German word for gift is not a present you open uh, on, <laughs> on uh, Sunday morning. The German word gift means poison, <laughs> right? Um, and so it wouldn't, you know, if I said, I'm going to give you a gift, you know, uh, <laughs> right. Um, I'm using the same, I'm using the same word, the same sounds, but I mean something different by it. You see what I did there? Um, the, the, those who deny that, um, it, those who deny either the Holy Trinity for baptism or the real presence for the supper. Um, don't have uh, valid sacraments because they're denying the, the the chief thing that's that's there. Uh, the the, oh, the they're thing making that, it to their own damnation. Then. No, well, no, no. The reformed are not. They're, they're having snack time. <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not getting anything either to their damnation or to their positive. They, but if they use the word, it's still the body and the blood. No, uh, because if well. If it doesn't it depend is, on their faith. It depends no. on the word. Right. But if it, it, it also does depend on how they intend the words to be meant as a confession. Uh, to put it differently. But aren't we putting it both ways, huh? No, uh, because um, um, the, in, the intention of the minister is important, too. The minister has to intend to do what the church has always done both in baptism and the Lord, and in um the lord's supper that's why a marriage or um not marriage is not a good example a, a baptism performed in a movie is not a real baptism because it's just pretend right um so in the case of those who um deny the real presence um they have changed what the words say, sometimes explicitly. Um, some don't even use um, some don't even use the words in institution. Um, but um, in Jesus Christ superstar, <laughs> I was just talking. I was just talking to Susan. Christ says incorrectly, "For all you care, this bread could be my body. For all you care." This blood, this wine could be my blood. Please right. remember me when you eat and drink. Right. <laughs> Incorrectly, 
<laughs> using scripts. Absolutely. Oh boy. Distorted. Right. Yeah. Or the, the JWs have translated in their Bible, this means my body, this means my blood. Um, now some do that explicitly and, and we'd all recognize, well, you, you're not said it, it, it's not the, the word does it. The word makes the sacrament, but it's not magic at the same time. We don't want to believe in magic words. Um, and, and it gets complicated. I'm going to, I'm going to put that down also on the supper to, to come back to. So I want to get to, there's still a little bit more on, on the nature of the sacraments that I want to, I want to cover. Um, but uh, Dale, that is a great question. I'm going to get back to that. Um, and um, yeah. Um, so what, how do I write that down for myself? Um, uh, words. Let's just put words. All right. Okay, so where I, were we? I know my sister-in-law that is Catholic. Mm -hmm. She, when, when they take communion, we've had discussions about this many times. And they now give communion with the bread and the wine if you choose to do it. Yep. But she had taken it for years and years and years with just the, the bread. And I said, well, what happened to the wine? And she says, well, you can't have a body without blood. So that was yeah. their differentiation there. Yeah. Yeah, so, we'll come to. I don't know. Yeah, that, we're, we're, so is yeah. that completely wrong, or? I yeah, the um, we'll, we'll get we'll get there um uh, when we cover the Lord's Supper. But on on that, yeah, the um, the Roman Catholics historically have celebrated sacrament in one kind, only giving the bo the body to the people. Um, recently, since the Second Vatican Council, they've allowed some churches to to do both. Yes. Um and. Uh, they've come up with, as Luther in, in our confessions calls it, some. Uh, he has a funny way of saying it, uh, but Luther basically calls it a clever sophistry or a clever play on words or, you know, mm -hmm. some clever th thinking that well the body has the if 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 bodies always have blood this is his body so you just need to have this and then you have his blood right it's called it's called concomitance uh, oh. and and, and uh, that's the fancy. Um, um, and, and uh, we we reject it because scripture just doesn't say it that way. Um, right. We reject we reject it, it, it. The only reason why that whole idea exists is so, to give the Catholics an excuse not to follow what Jesus says. <laughs> All right. So some people think. Um, so we're we're going to look at now at why do are the sacraments given to us? Although we've kind of covered some of this. Um, some people think that the sacraments are only given to us, um, in order to identify who, um, who are Christians and who are not. Other people will say that the, they're, they're not, um, they're only bare signs. They don't give you the forgiveness of sins. They're not, they're not, um, connected to the promise the way we think um, they are um, signs of your commitment to God or these kinds of things. Um, um, yeah, they make, they show your, your profession of faith. Um, um, and, and so uh, that view we, we reject um, because scripture just, we, when we talk about baptism, 
the, the, the Baptists will say, well, I believe baptism is um, uh, a sign of my commitment to Jesus or something like that. Or it's a sign of, um, of, of uh, you know, my obedience or, you know, however they want to phrase it. Um, and you look at, when you, we look at scriptures, you'll see that that's just, that's just not what the scriptures say. That they just don't, they just don't talk about baptism that way. Um, and, and so when we get, we'll see that as we're going through. But the main reason why we are given the sacraments is so that they can be signs of God's will to us, or to put it differently, to be an added testimony to the promise of grace. Um, um, so that's, uh, that's important to see. Um, the sacraments uh, are um, connected to that promise, and they're offering you the same forgiveness of sins that is offered in the gospel. And so the reason for them then is that you may receive faith, um, uh, that you may um, uh, be assured individually that God loves you and cares for you and offers you forgiveness, um, that kind of thing. Um, so they, um, we have to talk about um, um, the next thing. The sacraments, the one of the main differences between our view of the sacraments and uh, a Roman Catholic um, view of the sac uh, sacraments, or let's not call it Roman Catholic, let's call it a late medieval Roman Catholic view. Who knows what they still, if they still teach it this way, but we respond, our confessions respond to what Rome said 500 years ago. Um, so um, the sacraments don't give you grace like a slot machine, right? It's not, you go up to the altar, the bread coin goes in your mouth and voila, forgiveness of sins happens. Doesn't work that way. Or water gets poured on your head, boom, suddenly you're forgiven and saved. Doesn't work that way. Um, what's missing out of that? Word. Well, the word, yeah, but the on the, there's there's something faith. Yes, what's missing is faith. Um, the the benefits. But does um, the child in baptism have faith before he's baptized? We have to assume so. Well, no, no. The 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 sacraments give faith uh, because because the sacraments are visible words. And what is that word? That word is a promise. The promise that because Christ has died on the cross for you, he offers you forgiveness. When that word, that promise is declared either to your ears in the preaching of the gospel or via baptism of the Lord's Supper, that promise is a word and it can create faith. Um, but the child before baptism is a blind, dead enemy of God. Right. We're going to come, we're going to come back to this, but, um, uh, we, we, we absolutely, um, the only way a child can receive the benefits of eternal life is if it has faith. Um, uh, faith is, is trust. And, and, and um, the Psalm, Psalm, what is it? Psalm 151 or Psalm, one, uh, not 151, 51. Um, I have trusted in you from my mother's womb. Um, 
and John the Baptist is, an, is a good a practical example of that. He was in his the womb and he leaped for joy. Um, so, so isn't uh, that isn't that part of baptism that once you're baptized, the Holy Spirit creates the faith in that child? Is that not yeah, we, we 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 assume it does. Yes, um, just like we assume it does for adults who confess their faith. Um, uh, we can't see into hearts, of course, and, and there's a bit of a mystery there. We have to leave it as a mystery. Um, but yes, we we assume so. Um, uh, well, that's what I was taught. Yeah, innocent until proven guilty. But but we clearly we clearly teach that they're not absolutely magic. They require faith. No, creates creates faith. Right. Creates faith. Think of your small catechism. Um, yeah. um, how can water do such great things? It is truly not uh, water that does them, but the word of God in and with the water and faith which trusts this word of God for without faith it is plain water and no baptism, but with faith, it is a life-giving washing and regeneration. And he quotes Titus. Um, but so as, faith, a, as a child that's baptized, they don't know what faith is. So but, that's why we are putting that over to the Holy spirit to do its job. Right. But, um, we still can't say that it works automatically because we can't know what's going on. Um, in the, uh, in the, does baptism not remove the stain of original sin, but it doesn't preclude the person that receives baptism from sinning in the future? Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't remove original, original sin at all. It forgives the guilt of original sin. Sorry, you're right. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it removes the guilt of original sin, not the not the actual. Uh, presence of it. Uh, the presence there is a stays. Bible passage, though, that says the holy baptism does save you. It does. Think, about, the, right? think about when the people bring the young children to Jesus. He says, if any one of you causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin. Yeah. Yep. Little ones do believe because he says they do. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so... The the idea is, um, the the idea is, uh, the sacraments of baptism and Lord's Supper, in terms of their how they function and effic their efficacy, how they work, they work the same way as the preached word. Identical, because it's the word. Baptism is the washing of water with the word. So. Um, does the preaching of the gospel save? Yes. Absolutely. Does that mean every single human individual who hears my preaching of the gospel on Sunday morning is absolutely saved instantly? No. no. Simply by hearing of the word. Ah, they need some, they need to respond in faith, don't they? For it to be, to, for it to work. See, how can words, how can preaching of the words do such great things? It is truly not the preaching of the words, but faith, which believes these words, right? To, to rephrase what right. Luther says there. So the question you all, you're all having is how can infants have faith? Infants don't have faith and need to be given. Well, yes, it's true, but adults don't have faith either. And it needs to be given to them um, in, in just the exact same way. Um, so... Um, and just like an adult can resist and not have faith, it is theoretically possible 
we have to say it is because we don't want to say that baptism works magically because it doesn't um that a child could not could resist it right this does not mean that the baptism is not valid it it, it it is valid but just because you're married doesn't necessarily imply you're going to love your wife um um we um the augsburg confession says through the sacraments the holy spirit gives faith where and when it pleases god um this is hard and and we'll, we'll come back to it when we call baptism but know that you're i've had this exact same conversation with lauren like two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> legit same conversation um, and you're still married. So that's good. And, and, and we're still married. I'm still your pastor, so that's good. Um, so, but in general, we understand. We understand the point I'm trying to make. Right? Even though baptism gets a little fuzzy, the point is that baptism, the sacraments, don't work as we use the last Latin phrase, "ex opere operato." They don't work simply because you, you know put it differently just because you're say, just because you're baptized doesn't mean your ticket's punched and you're automatically going to heaven you need to trust the promise that you're okay. that you that you're right just because you ate some bread and some wine that i consecrated which happened to be the body and blood of jesus does not necessarily mean you're going to heaven if you don't believe right so faith is required to receive the benefits that are being offered to you because it's a promise it's not just eat it and you'll live forever it's eat this thing because this, if you eat this thing in faith or receive the baptism in faith or go think back on your baptism and remember the promises God's given to you and trust. So faith needs to cling to that promise. And that's what's going on here. God is, God is trying to get us knuckleheaded humans to cling to this promise. And so he, he puts it in our ears. He, he puts it, he puts water on our heads. He puts uh, bread and wine in our mouths and he puts more words uh, in our ears to make sure that we cling to this gospel promise of forgiveness of sins. Um, that, that's, that, that's what's going on in, in all these things. Um, so that's, that, that's the main purpose of them. There's, um, what's the time here? Oh, we still got a little bit of time. Um, there's a good little quote here from the Apology. Um, the apology is really good on this. If any of you have a book of Concord, uh, I'm looking, some of this is in, what we've been talking today is in article 13. Um, but he says here, um, a promise is useless unless faith accept, accepts it. The sacraments are signs of the promise. When they're used, therefore, there must be faith so that anyone who uses the Lord's Supper uses it this way. Because this is a sacrament of the New Testament, as Christ clearly says in 1 Corinthians 11.25. The communicant should be certain that the free forgiveness of sins promised in the New Testament is being offered to him. He should accept this by faith, comfort his troubled conscience, and believe that the testimonies are not false, but as certain as though God, by a new miracle, promises his will to forgive. For that matter, what good could, would such miracles or promises do to an unbeliever? We, here we are talking 
about personal faith, which accepts the promise as a present reality and believes that the forgiveness of sins is actually being offered, not about a faith which believes in a general way that God exists. For such sacrament comforts devout devout and troubled minds. That's true of the sacrament of the altar because it strengthens faith that's already existing. But in baptism, the Holy Spirit has to create faith. Right. Um, Yeah. In a child. In a child. Um, Yeah. Um, But he's, but he's, and, and, but he goes on here. uh, Words cannot describe the abuses, which this fanatical notion about the sacraments ex opere operato, which means uh, merely by performing them uh, without a good disposition uh, in, in the one using them has spawned in the church. From it has come the endless desecration of masses. Well, there he goes back to the supper. Um, for it has come to an endle- uh, uh, endless, des- which we shall come to a little later. No one, uh, and he's just being, oh, he talks about that earlier. Um, yeah. Um, he's used to talk about that. Um, all right. You guys are going to make me work for this, aren't you? <laughs> Ex opere operato in relation to baptism. You, you realize I'm going to have to ask like five pastors about this. <laughs> smarter than my, smarter than I. Um, all right. We're going to look at that next time. I might need two lessons on baptism. Um, I, I, I have a lesson on baptism where I've, I've just, because I, I uh, didn't always believe that baptism saved. So I have, a list of all of the scriptures that I, uh, I went through and I found all the scriptures and I listed them down. And so anyway, um, I have a good, ar- uh, a good argument for infant baptism too, which we'll get to next time. Um, all right. So we talked about the purpose of sacraments uh, to, to strengthen our faith, to, to, to give us that promise. Um, there's other purposes too, um, which um yeah which which i think are kind of obvious so, um is the lord's supper a profession of our faith absolutely is that the only thing it is no 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 um right uh so some of those other things that they, they um um there's uh, there's other reasons too they they it, the these the sacraments also remind us uh, of our duties and, and all, there's, all, there's a list of other things that it, it, it could do. Um, or they can, they, they can do. But the primary thing is the forgiveness of sins. All right. How many sacraments are there? The Roman Catholics? Two. <laughs> three. Oh, three. Sorry. Three, maybe four. <laughs> um, uh, Luther says two, but he really does mean three. Uh, uh, the... the, the the ancient Roman Catholic view is seven. What are they? Baptism. Baptism confirmation. Supper. Yeah. Last rites. Last rites. Married. Somebody say marriage? Yes. <laughs> marriage. Uh, ordination. Right? So um, baptism, confirmation, the, the supper. Confession, marriage, ordination, extreme unction. Um, 
the number of the sacraments changes depending on what your definition is. You define sacrament differently, <laughs> you get a different number. Melanchthon in the Apology says, ultimately, it really doesn't matter um, as long as you're teaching correctly about them. No Roman Catholic believes that marriage gives you the forgiveness of sins. Right? Um, so uh, we do have differences of our own. We don't think we should classify these all together as seven. Um, but what a Roman Catholic, when you ask a Roman Catholic, what, what do you mean by marriage as a sacrament? And then they explain it to you. Their explanation about the benefits of marriage and this kind of stuff um, drawn from uh, Ephesians 5.22, which in, in uh, marriage is a great mystery, which in the Latin set would say marriage sacramentum magnum s. It's a great sacrament. That's what it says in the Latin translation. So that's why it gets tossed in with those sacraments. But when they explain it, there's not much we disagree with. Oh yeah, it's a sign of the church. It's a sign that, you know, uh, the bond between a man and a wife is a, is a, is a sign of the, the bond between Christ and the church. Absolutely. There's, there's, but, so when you have a, a different definition of what a sacrament is, will lead you to a different number of sacraments. But marriage doesn't save you. And yeah, marriage doesn't save you. And the Roman Catholics wouldn't say it does. So yeah, I'd be a bit confused on that one. Yeah. Um, so, so they don't define sacraments uh, the way the same way we do. That's the point of the okay. cross. So they have a different definition, and because they have a different definition, they end up with a different number. All right. Although a priest once explained it to me that marriage prevents sin, because living outside of marriage is sinful. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Um, That's quite quite a roundabout. Yeah. So. Um, but when we're talking about the sacraments, the number of them, we, we make a distinction between the things that Jesus told us to do and other things that Jesus didn't tell us to do. And so that means that um, these other things might be beneficial, right? Jesus didn't give us marriage. Who gave us marriage? God. God. Right. It could have been Jesus too. It doesn't, it could be the second person of the Trinity, but you understand my point. It doesn't come from the four gospels. It comes from Genesis, right? That doesn't mean we don't have marriage or, or we think any less of it. We just don't believe it's, it's just different from these things that Jesus has told us to do. Uh, these are different. Um, um, Melanchthon pokes fun at the Catholics and says, well, if every single thing that has that God commanded and that has some sort of promise attached to it is a sacrament, he said, then prayer, being patient under suffering, charitable giving, forgiving, injury, uh, forgiving sins against another person, marriage, and the government are all sacraments. <laughs> He's poking fun at them because those are all things in the Bible that God has commanded and given a promise to. So not, it's not just a command and a promise. It's got to be a command by Jesus in the New Testament, which promises forgiveness of sins. <laughs> See how he's, he's, so that gives us three sacraments, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and absolution, uh, which is why your small catechism has three parts, baptism, confession, uh, or baptism keys. Um, Luther says two, because he thinks of absolution as returning to your baptism. 
so uh, it's a it's a distinction without a difference. Um, Melanchthon also says ordination can be conceived of as a sacrament if you think of it not as a promise for my forgiveness of sins, but of a promise for your forgiveness of sins through me, through my preaching of the word and the sacraments. That's confusing. Um, but he's, he says it and it's in our book of Concord. So I'm duty bound to teach you that. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the confirmation. Uh, it's not commanded in the Bible, um, but it's really useful to teach people the faith. It's really useful to examine them to make sure they were taught the faith correctly. And it's really good to pray for them. And that's most of that's what confirmation is. Not that we're going to have confirmation for the next 10 years. Um, unction. Uh, um, pray that we'll have contramains in the next 10 years. Um, <laughs> um, uh, this is the anointing of oil with oil. This is mentioned in James 5, 15. Um, the, uh, uh, call the elders and... Um, like I said, this one, there's lots of definitions and distinctions, but I think our next one will just be all scripture. So I'll make up for it. Um, James five, uh, this is the unction passage that's used. Uh, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing with oil. In the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Um, uh, Melanchthon notes that um, at least Rome of 500 years ago, Mark, did not, does not, con did not consecrate the oil um, for the sick who could recover, but for those ready to die. And, it, and the oil was not so that they might be restored to health. It was to forgive their sins. Um, and so he says, because of that, extreme unction is not a sacrament. And it's actually against the word of God and has a whole bunch of, and it's superstitious nonsense. God does, no, God does not promise to forgive your sins through putting oil on you when you're dying. He promises that the, the, the promise is not that the oil forgives your sins. The promise in verse 15 is, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. So it's the elders being there with them, praying with them, which is the text says is the, is the, um, uh, which will, which will forgive sins. Um, okay. I think I've covered my material. Um, so next time we've got baptism, we're going to look at, um, I, next time I think we're, we're, we'll look at the biblical basis for baptism and what scripture itself says about baptism. And we'll see how far we get on that. Um, and then I think I'll do two on baptism because it's such a big topic and you have lots of hard questions and I need some time to find out the answers. <laughs> um, so we're going to look at infant faith. We're going to look at um, uh, how does our condemnation of 
sacraments working ex opere operato simply by performing them. Um, how does that apply to baptism? Does baptism give faith to the infants automatically simply because you baptize them? Or do infants, um, are infants capable of resisting the word just like an adult is? Um, we'll look at all that, if not next week, the week after. Uh, and, then, and like I said, if you have any other questions about baptism uh, uh, or the Lord's Supper or, or confession, um, send them my way uh, and I can try to answer them. Any other questions for tonight on what is a sacrament, why we're supposed to use it, uh, how many there are? Crickets, crickets. Okay, good. All right. Good questions tonight, guys. That, that's those are you. You asked me some hard ones, and we also have why is there no emergency Lord's supper? So we'll uh, making me work for my work for my money in my Bible studies. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that um, through your Son Jesus Christ and His death on the cross on our behalf, you have offered us forgiveness of sins and eternal life. We thank you that uh, you haven't only proclaimed this to us in a general way, but you have uh, said that each and every one of us who was baptized, who has received uh, your holy body and blood, who has, um, uh, um, who has, been, who has heard the, the, the voice of the absolution, um, has their sins forgiven, those us individually and particularly. Help us, O oh Lord, to uh, not cling to the external ceremony, but cling to the promise of forgiveness that you have offered us there, that even us, even us miserable sinners are forgiven uh, by your grace. And uh, help us to stay firm in this faith uh, until you take us home to yourself. This we pray through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.